having a lovely time. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to, uh, well, for those of you listening on the podcast, this is the Digital Church Toolkit podcast. Uh, for those of you in our training tribe, this is a live interview with Mark Cosby. Mark uh, is a, become a good friend in a fairly short amount of time, and I'm sure we'll talk about how that's happened uh, during the interview. Um, but Mark, Mark is the uh, dad of Vineyard, UK and Ireland, and um, I'll let him talk about how he ended up there. Um, and we will we will get to that but um mark really for those of you who don't know he basically wrote the bible of church comms um it's a book called so everyone can hear um communicating church in the digital age i uh, was reading it and then coronavirus struck and um i have been a little busy for the past week but um it's a fantastic book so if you're in church comms i straight off the back highly recommend uh, you uh, read it Mark, so good to have you uh, with us. Uh, Mate, thanks for having me. Um, so why don't you just share how you ended up in church comms? What was your kind of journey in? Yes, yeah, so I uh, did a marketing and PR degree at the University of Central Lancashire um, coming up for 20 years ago. And during that time, I was really aware that all the tools and resources, the things I was learning, the theory, so helpful. And then I looked at the church then and was um, like, oh, we could take this and we could apply this to the church. And it's not that we have to sell the church, but we need to explain what the church is and how people are welcome and invited and all the things that retail does, you know, like um, lighting and signage and those sorts of things which are so important to help people walk in through through the doors and to come back week in week out it's the same principle with church gatherings and so i wrote my dissertation on uh, how churches could be communicating in the 21st century um which i uh, wrote in three days i am um, i didn't sleep it was very much like this week um it was kind of work 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 and um it was great like i loved it um, but then um, I graduated and worked in like a few different places. Um, I set up a consultancy, had some customers in football. I did some Champions League stuff, um, had a great time. And then increasingly the, the church comms thing just kept on um, appearing on my radar. And I spent some time with um, a wonderful man called John Mumford, who used to be the national director of Vineyard in the UK and Ireland. And I kind of shared some thoughts and dreams and visions for what I thought we, we could do nationally uh, with the Vineyard. And he uh, let me loose and I kind of uh, gradually became employed after, over the next few weeks, uh, months, years doing that. Um, and I've been doing that now for, oh, I don't know, like 10, 11, 12 years, time, time flies. Um, but yeah, and now I find myself having written a book and being invited to speak on podcasts and conferences and share what little I know with uh, the amazing local church. Oh, you're humble, Mark. You're humble. Um, you know, and I think what I love about you when I've heard you speak, when I've read your book and, and as we interact is that you have this perfect balance of your professional experience, kind of some of your kind of academic experience, this kind of digital but also some standard PR stuff but then also a real heart for kind of local church and ministry and I think it's a it's a rare combination to have and a rare combination to find and uh, I think you know it's really great to share so if if I was to ask you to sum up uh, communicating church in a digital culture in 
in like a couple of sentences how would you do it so so what would be the kind of what's your kind of basic theory kind of tagline like what's the thesis that you kind of live your life by when it comes to church comms i think the basic theory is making sure that every single person in the church can hear what the church is doing what the church is saying but not just that that your city town village knows that you're there um and they know what you do and how you do it and how they can be welcomed how they can be invited how they can be involved and so i think one of the biggest uh complaints peter i've heard is people from churches who have said but i didn't know it was happening or oh, i didn't know it was going to be a thing or oh, I missed out on this because of. And I think, oh, those are all completely avoidable. And um, But I really understand that churches, especially smaller churches that may not have a staff, um, they may all have full-time jobs and they're uh, running their church in their weekends and evenings and they're doing the very best that they can. Um, that it's not always their first thought of, how can I make sure everyone hears more? I have to do something. And something is better than doing nothing. Um, but also, I think the reason I wrote the book is because there's this theory behind it of um, uh, planning and prioritizing seasonal rhythms and weekly rhythms and priorities that help your church to know what's happening and that you can think through it. And it actually lightens your load as uh, church comms teams, as church leaders, that rather than rushing out and splurging things, you can kind of um, pause, think, pray, reflect, plan, and then through that process, begin to be um, pushing out what it is that you're doing. Mark, I absolutely love that. You know I do, and I think it's so true. Um, well, we've alluded to it a few times, and I guess this week, church commerce has become to the forefront. So for people who are listening, Afterwards, this is the week where we're kind of week one of the coronavirus outbreak here in the UK. Uh, Monday evening, the UK government asked um, not just all churches, but they kind of asked all public gatherings to cease. And so whether that's people going to clubs and pubs, restaurants, uh, football games, kind of social distancing measures all put in place. And so church comms has become uh prevalent for everyone it's become a priority fairly quickly for every church leader um so mark why don't you just talk about you know what in this period how has what you've just said changed so you talked about having a rhythm you've talked about all those kind of stuff and i, I i'm totally with you but in a period where people are having to adapt and change fairly quickly what are the things that people can do to adapt and change quickly Oh man, it's so good. Um, yeah, it has been this crazy week that I think because it's been changing every single day, we've had to train churches so quickly on how to do the things that we've been doing for years. Um, but now uh, it's even that church comms teams aren't necessarily face-to-face -face next to their pastor, their leader, their vicar. Uh, they're now having to train them by Zoom, Skype, WhatsApp. Um, and so this morning I was putting some thought into like, what are the things that churches need to know when they're like, oh my goodness, this Sunday is going to look so different. Like we're still the church, but we're not gathered, we're scattered. And I think my encouragement would be that every single church 
can have a digital presence and it doesn't need to cost you anything. Um, that's my like basic 101. It's never been easier to have a digital presence than it is right now. And we live in a digital culture. We live in a digital age. Uh, pretty much every person has a phone at their disposal that they can grab, that they can look at, that they can check. And church leaders have the ability with the cameras on there, the built-in microphones, that they can reach their churches, their congregation easily. And then with a few helpful tips on how to film and lighting and sound and tripods, you can just kind of um, improve how you do that. Um, I think I'd say keep it simple and keep it sustainable. So especially, um, I think I'm talking to smaller churches where you might not have done this sort of thing before, um, is do what you can do and do what you know you can do for the next few months. So this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Don't make it overly complicated. Um, you have to remember that something is better than nothing. Um, and also that you can share that load with leaders in your church on what you should say um, and kind of crafting talks and messages because not all of what you say is going to be a sermon. Like um, hearing a um, like a word of encouragement, a thought for the day, that would be really helpful for so many people. Um, I think I'd make sure that churches are telling their churches, their cities, that the church is not closed. It's never been more open. Um, because of the tools that we have, um, we are, like our front doors are wide, wide open, but our front doors are our social media, our websites, our YouTube, our Facebook Live. Um, it is amazing. It is, in equal measure, terrifying, challenging, this massive opportunity. And you would probably like uh, church leaders I've spoken to have swung between these kind of three different feelings and emotions. Um, and I was just nudged this week to look back and see that the pattern of the church has been disrupted for nearly 2000 years, whether it's from persecution or pestilence. Um, we've not always had the, the chance, the luxury to actually gather as a um, church. Um, and so although the mission of the church is, it never changes. It, love God, love your neighbor. The tools and the environments have to change now. Um, so um, there is this amazing opportunity, this invitation on how we do uh, small groups and how we do kind of alpha courses, how we do Sundays, how we do midweek gatherings, how we do prayer meetings. This, um, I have a great story from a, a church in East Anglia. Um, they ran a prayer meeting a few days ago uh, they'd normally get about 35 people to their prayer meeting. They ran it on Zoom. Uh, they had 80 people or 80 computers, which is just awesome that they doubled their prayer meeting. And we just never know who's well, going more to... than doubled it because you probably yeah. had couples joining yeah. it together. Yeah. So it's, you actually probably, probably more than doubled. And it's awesome. I think that we've got so much of that that we can uh, lean into that we should know that our churches are like our front doors are no longer people have to leave their houses hop into their car walk down the road walk into a building that they're not quite sure about have never been into they have to go onto facebook live and they can be completely anonymous which is great and we have this great chance to take them on this journey from being a visitor uh, through Facebook Live or YouTube or Zoom um, into how can we reach out to you? How can we speak? How can we connect? And like that excites me because those barriers 
to church have gone right down to pretty much nothing. They just have to be present on a computer and a phone. Yeah, which is amazing. I, oh, it's I. Someone, a friend of mine who leads a church, said to me yesterday. He said, "The church has never been more accessible, and it's never been more essential." Oh, so good. So, in, in a time of probably the greatest need in a generation, I would say, probably in yeah. our lifetimes, definitely, yeah. um, the church is able to be much more accessible than it's ever been, yeah. um, and I, that to me is really exciting, and I think it it really is going to mark a change in the way the church communicates because suddenly people are having to think about digital. They're mm. having to think about their brands. They're having to think about their social media presence. They're having to think about those things. Suddenly the, the, the senior leader of a church is having to do that whilst before they might have left it to their comms manager or their associate yeah. or their worship pastor or their youth pastor. They kind of outsource their comms to somebody yeah. else whilst now every senior leader of every church woke up on Tuesday and had a, had a, how the heck do you do a live stream yeah um you know and and that that to me as much as now it's difficult and hard and there's a whole bunch of challenge right now mm. in the long run that is going to lead to growth it's going to lead to momentum it's going to lead to churches thriving yeah. um it's so good because like um we saw just this week we've had um we are trying to double the number of uh, small groups that we have um, because like small groups are so important, but also uh, we had a, a person who's a nurse. Um, he came off a long shift. He'd been working hard, lovely guy. He joined our small group um, last night through Zoom, which we kind of all had, but he joined it fresh off a shift. He wasn't home, but he wanted to be part of that. And there's so many chances like that, that people would normally say, oh, I can't quite make it because I've been working late. I can't quite do this. It's been a long day. Um, we're going to see a massive increase in the amount of people who are part of our small groups, home groups, cell groups. Um, so we're trying to double those because we think we should be hitting 95 to 100% of people in um, churches, um, but also uh, people not in churches. And that's, that's fun. No, I think there's definitely a huge opportunity for reaching out to the community. And I think particularly as um, fatigue sets in, I think at the moment you have hysteria because mm. it's new and lots of information happening. But give it two, three, four weeks, there'll be a rhythm and, and it, uh, you know, there'll be a rhythm and there'll be fatigue and people would have been in the house for a couple of weeks mm. and not much social interaction. And for the church, that offers a, yeah. a unique opportunity to uh, kind of bring people into an existing community that already exists that's probably yeah. already thriving you know and you know there's probably whatsapp groups in every church is i don't know about you but the whatsapp groups i'm in have been live and active this week mm. um you know any kind of facebook group i've been in has been alive and active this week compared to others and um i think bringing people into that element of digital community that actually takes place in most churches anyway um you know so i know as i've been talking to churches we've been doing these free consultancies well my first question to him is what do you already have mm, like do you have a facebook page do you have a, what do you have because there's no point you creating something new when you already have some infrastructure that you can use um and you know and, and maybe what they have isn't the best but i think using your existing places where community is occurring is much better than trying to create something new in this kind of moment of disruption and it might be that in a few weeks time you do have to create something new i i i'm almost certain that in about two weeks there'll be another um set of resources that are needed because churches haven't 
you know, they don't know what they don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. This is a whole new situation for everyone. But I think that, um, I think definitely for the church is a huge opportunity. Mm. Um, so I know that last week you, we jumped on a quick call because hmm. we were trying to bring together some resources. Why don't you just talk about the kind of the resources we pulled together, your thinking behind that. Yeah. And um, kind of where that's ended up in the past. I mean, we didn't even release really that. That was a week ago, less yeah. than a week ago. I mean, we released about yeah. last Friday. Yes. So so it was around this time last Friday. Um, so the day before I'd spent kind of all day and most of the evening late into the night working on our national response from Vineyard on our um, our key events that were happening in like the next two or three weeks. I also guess I realised this earlier because you're UK and Ireland and the mm. shutdown and there'd been um, measures, restrictions, social distancing restrictions put place in Ireland earlier that week. And I guess yeah. that probably meant that you're a little ahead of the curve than most people because I assume you had to deal with Ireland as well as the UK. Yes. And so we've got churches in the Republic of Ireland, but also the vineyards in Europe as well and parts of Asia. And so we've been hearing the stories of what this has meant. And so, like I'd already been thinking, oh, what are we going to have to do? Should this happen? And the closer it got, the more real it became. Like many people, I mean, it was like, oh, it's um, it's now in Italy, it's now in Germany, it's now in France, Denmark, and it's now in the Republic of Ireland. And it's like, oh my goodness, this is a very real and present threat. Um, and so uh, we spent the Thursday working out what it means for national events over the next two, three weeks, because that was our time scale at that time. Um, and then Friday morning, I think, I think I was just struck by the need for the, that we're going to have to resource the local church very quickly. And so uh, me and you, Peter, and uh, Finn, um, and a guy called Benj Leon, who uh, goes to the Living Rock Church, works there, does a conference called the Create Conference, amazing guy, and a guy called Ben Elliott, who works for Church Publishing Outreach, again, amazing resources, um, top guy. We all hopped on to a phone call. Um, in fact, it was a Facebook video call, and you, Peter, were uh, traveling somewhere on the train. I was on the train. Uh, and <laughs> I had really bad phone signal, and uh, so I asked Finn to jump on it for you, but for me, because I just couldn't, I just I kept dropping out, and I thought, I, I'm not going to be able to enter this conversation. It was... I, I knew the minute you asked for the call, I knew what was happening, you know. <laughs> and so we hopped onto this call, and we were like, you know what, we're going to need to resource the church, and we're all going to have to do similar things. Why don't we make a centralised document that we can share widely for whoever wants it, and um, we made a Google document and the thought process was that we would categorize certain things that churches would need over this first season and just link them through really quickly. We could all change it whenever we wanted. We could have made a website, but websites can be complicated. They need pictures, they need time, they need hosting. It, this was free. Um, and then we just shared it widely. We set up a shortened link um, and the beauty of the Google document is actually that we can change it whenever we want really quickly um and so we started that i think the other beauty of it mark mm. is that we haven't really created many 
resources ourselves so i know we have a digital trade toolkit and you have yeah but what a lot of people are doing on that is they're con- they're, they are linking it to resources in other places yes that's good yeah. and i think that's the other beauty of it it is like a centralized hub for other resources yeah. rather than it's not about vineyard or digital no, church no. toolkit it's not about us really it's more about saying okay what's happening where is it yeah and how can we help people what what do people need and i think that is um really helpful it was quite a beautiful moment of church unity where it was because we're friends already um but just how we all hopped onto one call inside of minutes and then just began to kind of uh crowdsource kind of all of these things like here's links i've sent out here's a resource i've made just chuck all of those in and then just share it far and wide and then uh, Liz Morgan from the Church of England uh, joined us and they're doing an amazing job with webinars and um, all of their resources. Love what they are doing. They've got a task on their hands and they are um, doing an amazing job. So cheering those guys on. Yeah, and I also think the Church of England have a really unique place because yeah. they've got a parish church in every town, city and village. Yeah. They've got a national voice with the Archbishop, with uh, Justin Welby and yeah. really... Um, just really thankful for what I mean. I go to Anglican Church myself, so just but just really thankful for the position they get to play and how they're stepping up. You know, I know we are, and I suspect most parish churches are putting in a um like a like a resource hub in their churches for food drop off and food collection and all that kind of stuff going on too. And I think just that kind of network of resource that they're able to bring. There's not many other networks and, and denominations that are able to bring that. No. Uh, and, you know, just doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're a- absolutely right. And then a few days ago, a guy called James Dock, who runs or is part of the Kingdom Code uh, project, uh, amazing guys with technical know-how and knowledge, like the sorts of guys who are behind the scenes coding things that make all of our tools that work so well work. Um, he, um, we chatted and he hopped on board and he just took it to another level where it's slightly easier to use. Um, it's so much faster. more organized, so much more organized. So much more organized. It's got its own domain name now. So churcheshandbook.co.uk um, and him and a few of the other uh, guys from Kingdom Code are gonna be working on that over the weekend um, and putting tabs at the bottom. Things I didn't uh, realize were possible. Um, and it's just been this amazing thing. Um, but uh, then the Evangelical Alliance linked to it last night. Um, and I think just before I popped on the call, it's been, uh, we were talking and saying, uh, we think the figures are somewhere in the region of 4,000 users. Um, and I don't know whether that means 4,000 churches or, or 2,000 churches. But I mean, it's been amazing how the church has responded to help the church. Yeah, you know, and I think that's I'm pretty blown away that some simple Google Doc, you know, I was saying to you before we we went live, before we started recording that, you know, if you said to me a month ago, coronavirus is going to break out and you're going to create a Google Doc, I would have gone, no, I'm not. Like, I would have gone, that just, it wasn't, it wasn't the solution I would have brought to that problem. Um, But I think it was the best solution and it, and it just, the way it's taken off and, I think the other beauty of it is nameless and faceless. Like you wouldn't, like our logos aren't on it. So Vineyard's no. logo's not on it. Digital, like no. Digital Church Toolkit's logo's not on it. Like it's nameless, it's faceless. It's it's a resource for the church and that's what we want it to yeah. be in this moment. Mm. And I think that is 
you know, just absolutely fantastic. And you're right, James has done just yeah. the, I, I was starting to get frustrated that it looked a bit messy, but I didn't know how to fix that. Yeah. And um, I, the minute I saw James was was in the dock, I could see, I thought, I, I know this, I, I know James a little bit, and thought, yeah, yeah. this is going to get absolutely sorted. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And he's done so, so well. But because I think there's this uh, theory and principle behind all this that churches don't need to reinvent the wheel, but they do need tools in their hands. Um, and and so many people, like in this uh, changing moment, in this new reality, this new normal, um, need to be tooled up and equipped and resourced and trained. But it doesn't matter where it comes from. Um, but like we've been pointing people back to you guys at the Digital Church Toolkit, to the Church of England. We've got a bunch of resources. The uh, document is amazing. Um, and like, I love that it's free, that we're just giving these things away. We're just, we, you know, the church is going to thrive in this. Like, I'm convinced of this. I think what was meant for evil, God is going to use it for good. And he's using the tech guys, the church comms guys, the marketing guys, the media teams um, to, to help us. Because although we're no longer gathered and we're scattered, we can still gather digitally. And that's really powerful. Um, so... I think it's going to be a really interesting time to see how this pans out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun, isn't it? It's real fun. And I just, to see the moment of kind of collaboration and unity, I think for me um, has been really powerful. And I think that um, if in five, you know, in five, 10 years, we'll look back and we'll say, man, that was wild. That was crazy. It will be hard. It'll be difficult. I'm not, I don't want to diminish that it's not a fun experience and, and it's not it's not good. I, I don't want to diminish that. But I do think in five and ten years we'll look back and think, you know, what happened there has led to collaboration and unity amongst kind of a group of people. Um, and 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 the fact that we get to respond like this now means that, you know, there'll be you know, life will continue, stuff will carry on, stuff is going to happen in the next five and 10 years. And we now have a basis for saying, hey, we know how we, we know there's a way to respond and um, that works. And we don't have to, you know, you hear what I'm trying to say this, you know, we get to respond together mm. as stuff happens in the future too. And I think that that's going to be really powerful. And mm. I'm quite excited to see where those relationships go. Um, uh, because you know for us yeah we're a company yeah we you know we want to pay the rent in some respects but at the same time at the heart of what we're trying to do is trying to serve and equip the local church and if we get to serve and equip the local church i go to bed happy <laughs> and um you know so that we're doing that in in you know in the thousands is just absolutely phenomenal yeah and it's amazing so mark you know we are at the beginning of a 10 to 12 week at least kind of restriction so and mm -hmm. um, just where do you think what do you so at the moment everyone's talking about streaming services yeah what do you think is kind of the next things that people are gonna have to be thinking about i think that's a great question i think we need to be resourcing children's teams and youth teams on how they can uh do youth groups in this season. So we're publishing one once I hop off this call, um, um, just around how could you use WhatsApp, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram to reach your youth groups? How could you do smaller groups like triads, like just having, um, like just rethinking the structure that served us so well so far. So the mission 
is the same, the structure has to change. So uh, quite a few of our churches are now looking at, okay, how do we uh, redirect our staff time to do this? Um, how do we strengthen what the church is doing internally? How do we um, focus ourselves outwards to um, our cities? And how do we make sure that we stay rooted in the Bible and looking up and, and worshiping God? So um, I think those three, three things kind of in, out and up are going to be the core for most churches to restructure. But also, um, it struck me this morning that there's going to be so many people with time on their hands, but a lack of hope in their hearts. So would churches consider starting a digital alpha where people join a Zoom webinar or a Zoom call or a Facebook Live and get the answers to the meaning of life? Like they are amazing resources. What, what they have done over at HDB um is absolutely phenomenal and, and that it, website they've done they've done a whole website about doing yeah. alpha online and it is they did they released that so quickly i was Amazing. so impressed with how quickly they managed to release that um yeah and like i texted a friend i think it was tuesday morning or wednesday morning wednesday morning i think it was i texted a friend who works for alpha she's their like development manager for london and i was like have you guys put anything out yet she didn't even text me back she just sent me the url and i was like <laughs> hero like this is amazing it's, um, it's, it's so good so thought through i mean yeah. it's like they've been planning that for three months they can't have been but it looks like they had been because it's just so thorough it's so good and like i just think that that sort of tool is here for a time such as now. Uh, uh, this morning I was uh, reading the Bible and going through like uh, Ruth Mordecai, kind of those things, you know, for a time such as now, um, I just think it's huge. Sorry, I don't mean Ruth, do I? But um, that's the- You mean um, Esther. I do mean Esther. Um, and it is that truth of, there are teams like this who are there for a time such as now. Um, and I think that the digital alpha, that will be one amazing way, I think, of expanding small groups. I think putting resources into families' hands, tools into their hands, like how do you talk and walk with your children through this season? How do you root them in their faith? Um, because they're gonna be a shining light to their friends. Um, so from Monday, my children are being homeschooled. Uh, and so they'll be sat with me where I'm working right now and I think it's just a chance to really invest in them as well um, but it would be great to have more resources from people who are skilled and gifted and called by God to help families equip their children to uh, process this and to walk with Jesus themselves through this not just walk with their parents but walk with Jesus. Um, yeah, definitely um, I think I think that is the missing bit I see on the document even the good thing about the document is you can see what resources there are and you can see what resources there isn't and and um, I used to intern for a children's pastor and so I'm looking at maybe doing an interview with him in the next couple of weeks because I know that he is trying to pull some stuff together himself so hopefully we can get some stuff out either from our perspective to church talk about that because I think it's um it's definitely needed i think it's easy to it's easier to think how you kind of replicate a service stream in but kids mm. ministry because it's been done already there are people streaming yeah services but the kids ministry and youth ministry i was talking yeah. to a youth pastor yesterday and he's like i just wish i could do instagram live but some of my parents don't let their kids have instagram and so i can't yeah. use instagram and then you know so he's like talking through all the different options and there's this is so much more complicated actually and i just felt really yeah. sorry for him because he had like he had it down. 
<laughs> he was yeah, on the yeah. youth business. He yeah. had his four-wheeler down. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. suddenly it's totally disrupted, you know? It's it's harder, isn't it? Because there's a whole safeguarding issue that you must pay attention to. Like, that, that can't change. But the reality of how youth ministry, kids ministry happens has to change. But because it's all digital, you've got to be so careful. Yeah, no, um, no. And so uh, we're working on a series of guides. We'll chuck into that doc on... Um, how to use the different platforms, what safeguarding looks like, um, like those sorts of things, like helpful guides on, on most churches should, al- should already have these. Just, just be extra careful, <laughs> like check, check with your youth teams and your trustees and stuff and just be like, we do have these things in place, don't we? Because uh, that, that will be a huge thing, um, which you'll need to work on. Yes, and yeah. Mark, I need to close up because I need to go to my church and help them record their service for Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I'm off to this afternoon. Bless you, mate. Um, but Mark, thank you so much for joining us. I think um, it's, you know, we actually put this in the diary about three weeks ago. So way yeah. before coronavirus broke out and I was hoping to do a full kind of hour long interview on church comms, but the we change and i think what you what we've been talking about is really helpful so if you're listening to us on the podcast i really hope this has helped you and uh, i hope it's been a little light-hearted for you in the craziness of this week and um we just we just pray that that you um that you feel well equipped to handle everything that's coming your way at the moment and uh, if you need to go to that doc mark remind us of the url for the doc uh, it's churcheshandbook.co.uk Great. There you go. Thank you very much.